0: Welcome to Brain Talk, a podcast about the latest thinking and research in neurology with a specific focus on epilepsy and other seizure-like disorders. Today's episode features Stratus' Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Jeremy Slater, and Director of Tampa General Hospital's Comprehensive Epilepsy Program and Neurology Professor at the University of South Florida, Dr. Celine Bembediz. Dr. Slater and Dr. Bembidis will be discussing the topic of video EEG monitoring and how they believe it has evolved and where they see it going. Let's take a listen. When I I I went to uh, uh, a medical devices for epilepsy meeting in I guess it was Granada, Spain last year, and there was a presentation uh, by a group on ambulatory EEG monitoring because this was considered a a a rising novel technology in in many countries. Yeah. And one of the things that was striking is that uh, we, and this was just talking about, you know, our one monitoring company. We did more studies in a month than England does in a year. And
1: This is my question.
0: And so the numbers worldwide, there are... Many many physicians out there who are very passionate about the idea of, of ambulatory EEG and the general trend within medicine to move uh, diagnoses and treatments out of the hospital into the clinic and from the clinic into the home. Um, it depends on the healthcare system. Some of them are uh, the way that they're designed. It makes it much more difficult to make yeah. that work on a on a financial basis. Um, because there are an entirely, even though in the United States, doing an ambulatory study is significantly less expensive to the overall healthcare system than doing one on an inpatient basis. Um, there are expenses that you incur on an outpatient study that don't happen on an inpatient study. And if your healthcare system is designed to pay for inpatient stuff and it's not designed to reimburse for travel or equipment or whatever, Um, I could see how they, they run into problems with it. Plus it's the same thing that you referred to earlier, I think, which is when we say those words, you know, ambulatory EG, you know, I'm thinking about that backpack. Yeah. The the, the wires and the. Exactly. No video, (laughs) no video, bad quality.
1: That is what people think about You know, we just finished, we didn't finish, we finally got accepted our study of ambulatory EG using one of your competitors, it's a smaller series than the Syed one, but the same idea, the yield of ambulatory EG video study. So I'm telling you this because I'll send it to you when it's published, but one of the reviewers, one of the comments in the first version was, well, the authors should explain the value of added video." And I'm like, the title is E.G. video. It's not a bonus. It's half the test. <laughs> and you see, he was in the mindset that ambulatory E.G. Oh, oh, by the way, yet yeah, there is video. No, no, it's not that. It's E.G. video. They're together, both, 50%, maybe even more so for the video. And that said it all. He was in the old mindset of ambulatory E.G. with the backpack and the cassette. And, and that, it takes a long time for that to change. One of the points I make in my article, I think, it was one time ago, I think maybe they didn't let me make the point, but I wanted to. Is that the difference in cost between inpatient EEG video and ambulatory EEG video is because of things that have nothing to do with the test. It's the bed, the sheets, the food, the Tylenol for 50 bucks a pill. Everything is more expensive in the hospital, but none of that enhances the test. The EEG and the video themselves are the same. So it's an inflated, uh, it's an inflated costs. And the other, one of the other points I think I made in the article, but again, it was a long time ago. And some people would argue this, that one advantage of, of inpatient, this is really a kind of a, what's the word? Uh, Coerced or, or what am I looking for? Um, Hijacked benefits of inpatient is that you are a little bit more guaranteed that it's interpreted by an epileptologist because he has hospital privileges. Whereas an outpatient, in theory, it could be some neurologist who has absolutely no experience reading those studies. So that's a little bit on the side of inpatient. It's not a really clean advantage, but it's it could matter.
0: While we're occasionally going down in the weeds, for your preference, for the studies that are being done for you, how many cameras would you like to see? Two. Two.
1: That's what One. we have in the EMU, because at least you have angles, because invariably, as you know, there's somebody blocking the camera. Either it's family. You,
0: you, 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 so that's important, actually. You'd like two cameras in the same room. Uh,
1: ideally, yes. That's what we have in the
0: EMU. Right. Which means that uh, it's less than ideal let's say you have a camera in the patient's bedroom a camera in their living room because you know that's where they're going back and forth while that doesn't hurt either in an ideal world you'd like 3 or 4 cameras so that oh, you sure
1: i want a camera okay. in every room if you ask me what i want the more I, the more the better
0: the more the better
1: the other ideal near ideal scenario Because one of the limitations of home studies, as you know, is the patients move around and they're not on camera at the time of their episode. So nocturnal episodes that are predictably are going to occur in sleep, in bed, children Mm -hmm. or adults doesn't matter,
0: those are good for the home study. Gotcha. So um, another another thing that I actually get questions about all the time. We have our wonderful new code set where we went from, you know, three to five codes, depending on how you were counting, to something under 20,000. No, it's whatever, this 17, 18 codes or something. Um, I've been asked, even within the last week by physicians, all right, when am I billing unmonitored, continuously monitored, And I guess my more basic question, is separate from the the whole billing question, is what do you believe the indications are for the various levels of monitoring, an an unmonitored study versus intermittently monitored versus continuously monitored? So when
1: you say monitored and unmonitored, you are referring to the technical component, the technical aspect, correct? Not me, the physician, looking at uh, at the study. That is correct. So I have no strong opinion on this. Uh, in my view, the only, I know this is shocking. In my view, the Market. ones that require monitoring frequently or continuously are inpatient studies. ICU, status epilepticus, et cetera. A home study by the definition is less intense, less acute. And so the the, the, the use for technical monitoring, continuous or intermittent, I have no strong opinion. From the physician point of view, they should do what they think is right. Uh, and as you know, for the professional component for us, the, the, the divide is between daily reports and not daily reports. They, the new codes, as you know more better than I do, I'm hardly a coding expert, they don't divide into inpatient versus outpatient. They divide between Daily reports and not daily reports. Now, the intent was to do about the equivalent, assuming that daily report means hospital and not daily reports means ambulatory. And for the most part, that is what's happening. But mm-hmm. there are loopholes around that and people can, can make it work. From my point of view, from, and again, I'm only talking about the professional component. I have no, I see no use for me to check every day and do a daily report when it's simply for diagnosis. Give me the five events at the end of the three days. I'm perfectly happy. I don't need to see the event the day that it happens. There's nothing urgent. This is, of course, very different from the inpatient setting, status epilepticus, relapse, non-convulsive status, and that kind of thing. From the technical point of view, that's completely separate. And one of the reasons I like the new codes is that they separate the two completely. So mm-hmm. I have no input or interest in the... You do. Fair uh, enough. technical side of it, which for me is is the company I work for or in the case of the hospital, temper General, um, but I, they code and bill as they see fit. For example, and I think you and I have had this conversation before, when the company does an EEG video ambulatory study and we record nothing, usually it's because the referring physician had no intention of recording anything. The last seizure episode was eight months ago. He knows he's not going to return anything. So You're gonna give me, you or any company will give me a study of three days with video, no events. I don't look at the video. It doesn't do anything for me. So I don't bill for the video. I think that's the right thing to do. But you, the technical side invested and used the equipment to record. And I see, I have no problem with the technical component billing for video. I think the professional component should not. I don't enjoy watching the patient watch TV and eating pizza for 24 hours. I'm not gonna watch that, it doesn't help me. So, and and the beauty of these new codes, as you know, is that they're completely separate. So there is nothing wrong with, I don't bill for the video, it doesn't do me any good, but you all do, you monitor, you look at it, you adjust, then it's perfectly legitimate. And the new codes are good in that sense, in the way that they're separate.
0: It is certainly true that the purpose of the video for the technical component uh, but if if no seizures are being recorded, its primary purpose is to allow appropriate identification of artifact yeah. so that the technologist can go in there and fix it. Um, and that is not something, you're right, it's not something the physician has to worry about at all. Um, do you think that anything, be, going back to the article that you did in 2015, have technological changes or additional publications or anything else change the way that you view in-person versus outpatient, inpatient versus outpatient over the intervening time?
1: The technology is better. It's because technologists have been better trained to, to perform those home studies because as you know, without video and with video is completely different And when there is a video study, they have to pay attention to the video quality, the sound, the angle, the clipping. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's evolved. Um, again, I believe with good equipment and good technologies, it doesn't matter where the episode is acquired. I could not care less if it's in an office, in the bathroom, in the EMU or in an apartment, it doesn't matter. Give me good video, give me good EEG and I'm happy and I should be able to formulate some sort of conclusion.
0: So our ultimate goal should be to have a, a really long battery drone that just follows the patient everywhere while they're wearing a headset. Remember at this time we are
1: discussing what I think is the main use of ambulatory studies, which is when it's to record an episode, we've already dismissed the general neurologist who is only ordering a study as a long routine to capture interictals. This is completely different. Here the goal is to capture the episode. And for that, uh, I have a patient in the EMU right now, as a matter of fact, I talked to her earlier. She reports four to five episodes a day. We brought her to the EMU. She's mm-hmm. been here two days now. She's had none. And it's, she says it's because well, it happens when I'm at home doing my business, walking around, and here I'm doing nothing. Okay, fair enough. That is another good role of ambulatory home studies. They're in their normal environment. Right. Here it's like a spa. She just lays in bed, which I tell her not to. I wanted to be up and around in the chair, but they slid, lay there, breakfast, lunch, and dinner served. That's not the real environment.
0: <laughs> Hardly. What do you think the next big developments in EEG are going to be? What's the next thing that's going to change our approach to clinical care in the field?
1: Twelve cameras in every room. <laughs> <laughs> you alluded to it earlier. You gave me three, and now I'm just...
0: Now you want 12? I
1: want 12. Why not? You ask me what you I want.
0: Do you want fixed fixed mounted or do you want them on drones? Like so you,
1: that... That, you had the drone following the patient. I like that. <laughs>
0: okay. The
1: ability to visually see the seizures for us is just amazing. The EEG, I mean, it's become very good. As you know, the technical quality of ambulatory EEGs now is, is, is excellent. It's just as good.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Stratus, the leading provider of ambulatory in-home video EEG testing. For more information about Stratus, please visit our website at www.stratusneuro.com.